You're listening to the It's Okay to Cry podcast with Bronte Spicer, a podcast to help parents and teachers instill powerful, mindful tools and strategies so our families can be free of depression and anxiety. Thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. It is an absolute pleasure to be here. Welcome back to the It's Okay to Cry podcast and this is episode 12 and I have a very special guest coming on to this episode with me and it's my husband Lee. Welcome Lee. Thank you. So uh, this is a not perhaps not going to be an easy conversation for us to have. Um, it's what we wanted to do, or what I wanted to do, was to give the carers and loved ones a voice around what it's really like to support someone who has depression, in my case, or anxiety. Um, for me, when I had depression, I was very much in my own head and I felt like no one understood and I felt very alone and lost. And now coming out of depression and not having been on antidepressants for three years now I can now recognize how much my family loved ones Lee uh, friends did for me yeah I wanted to just have that a part of the conversation as well and hear from your perspective Lee how it's been for you being with me and watching this journey that I've been on coming out of depression and also just still being human as well, mm. still having challenges. So thank you so much for joining me. No, I'm happy to be here. It's just, this is a, uh, it's a great idea, I think, yeah, to have that other side and get that um, other perspective what, looking in at the person that you love suffering mental illness. Mm. So we'll start with what life was like for us for you when I had depression so to give if for those of you who are new to my story I started experiencing depression when I was 14 and I took antidepressants from the age of 23 to uh, 36 and it wasn't until I stumbled across the killer bee inquiries and started learning how to feel safe with my intense emotions and my negative thoughts that the depression dissolved and fell away and I didn't need antidepressants anymore and perhaps before we get started let's um, just share a disclaimer I'm sharing from my own perspective my own personal experience I'm not a doctor if this is triggering for you or if you're um, seeking support medical advice please go and see your GP this is really just coming from my own perspective and not as a mental health professional um, so let's go back to when I did have depression and let's kind of focus in on those times where I did because it kind of felt like a bit of a roller coaster even though I was taking antidepressants I still had these bouts where my depression got worse and then there were also times where I forgot to take my medication and the depression my depressive symptoms were exacerbated and we were just thinking about this before we jumped on to record this about one time where that had happened where I had stopped taking my medication and my depressive symptoms were pretty bad so Lee would you like to share that what that was like um, and what what that was like for you yeah so the, talking about the time in on holidays mm. so um, yeah I could tell that Bronte wasn't 
travelling very well. We were away um, for a weekend, or it wasn't for a long period of time, but um, we were away with, I think, Jackson and Ivy. Um, Ivy would have only been a baby, and Jackson would have been two or something like that. Um, and it was a rainy day, and we went to the pub because there wasn't much to do, and there was some footy on. Um, so I thought, I'll oh, just have a couple of beers, watch from the footy, and Bronte was... That was fine to go there and everything it was it was all good, but then it, it was just like looking at a almost a blank um, face. You could tell Bronte was a long way away, or just so um, foggy. And it was really it was difficult because obviously with a baby that's hard, and then Jackson being two that was difficult. And then it, you know it's obviously much easier when there's the the mum and the dad working together to get things done and it was like having a third person but it was harder again because it's the person you don't expect you know to um obviously you don't expect them to not be helpful you don't feel they're going to sort of break down like that either um and it wasn't like Bronte was bawling or it was um any really obvious depressive signs just a distance and fogginess and then yeah, it was like a shadow there. Um, so whilst you were there, they just weren't. You clearly weren't there, and you couldn't think clearly. And you, you're always so good at getting the kids organised, and you just, yeah, not um, not present at the very least. And it was really hard. I remember. Yeah, it's frustrating, and you lose your best friend too because you you want to have that person to. I couldn't even talk to you really. It was it was quite strange to. Yeah, you may as well not have been there in a way. Um, I think that was when we realised you hadn't had medication and that's what was going on. Because you did, I think you did, you had that self-awareness a bit that you knew that you weren't mm. present, I suppose. You had that awareness, which was good. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was very uh, frustrating but more difficult with even just having time with, with Bronte. It wasn't, that didn't happen, let mm. alone... Um, yeah, helping with everything, but yeah. Mm. And, like, it's not easy having a two-year-old and a baby. <laughs> um, just, you know, having just getting through the day sometimes is, is hard. As, um, for those of you who have young kids or have had young kids will understand that. Um, and then I can imagine then not having, yeah, the, the person who organises things, um, yeah, the person, um, they're just not there. And, um, I mean... Did that kind of feel like a massive then load for you, for you to try and manage everyone? Did you kind of fall into worry about, oh, what are we going to do? How can we make Bronte be present again? How, yeah, yeah I, I wasn't worried because it was only a really short term and I don't think it was very long after that um, that that you realised you hadn't taken your medication and so it was a fairly quick turnaround. I wasn't worried at that point because I guess there hadn't been enough time. Um, obviously being a parent, it's, it's a fairly selfless role um, where you really have to put them before what you want to do all the time, <laughs> which is, you know. Um, but in in that you were, it, it's, it sounds really wrong to say, but it's sort of almost selfish because all, all that Bronte could do was... Um, focus on her thoughts and her, her worries and you could see that and it was yeah, you, yeah you're not you're not going to say snap out of it because you, you know that's not helpful or but it is very difficult to not to not want to say that or mm. not feel that um, 
it's very frustrating and, and yeah, it's very difficult to have that. You need that connection mm-hmm. um, and to get things done, you need that yep. connection too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that word selfish, like that used to trigger me so much, um, like being told that I was selfish and uh, like from my perspective growing up, I, I felt like I was I was selfless because I was basically trying to do things that would please other people. Mm. Um, I was always worried about what other people would think or say and I was trying to work out what the best thing was to do for other people, um, which if you want to learn more about that, go back to the episodes on the uh, freeze, please response. I think it's episode five and seven and the nervous system. But now I can, I can absolutely see that, yes, there, that I was being selfish and um, not that I couldn't, um, like, I, I couldn't help it. I was overwhelmed by, yeah. like, this fogginess, um, trying, to, trying to make sense of my experience, trying to make sense of what was going wrong. Like, I couldn't work out. Um, I felt lost. I felt confused. I didn't know. Yeah, it's um, physically... Or, or it kind of feels like a, a black cloud is sitting on you and you feel very heavy. You can't really move very, very easily. So that's that's what it's like for me. But absolutely, I can see now coming out of it, I can recognise where you're coming from now of, of being like, you just want to be able to say, come on, yeah, let's just it. like almost shake, shake you yeah. to get back to being you. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you've got kids and it's pressing. Mm. Or what, not if other people don't have kids, but, I mean, a pressing thing that you need to do when you need that mm. someone to help. It's very hard to not lose it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, and, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, what I've always loved about you, babe, is your patience and, yeah, your your ability to, like, you're a very relaxed person. So that we'll talk more about that a little bit later on, but your ability to listen and just allow me to be myself just as I am. So moving into the next phase, I stumbled across the Killer Bee Inquiries after praying for the teachers to come into my life to help me with my depression. So once I learnt the Killer Bee Inquiries, I realised, okay, now I know exactly what to do with the negative thoughts in my head and I know exactly what to do with the overwhelming emotions or physical sensations or feelings that come with depression. So for me, it was like a black, dark energy that felt like it was lurking over me and it would kind of threaten to take me into this dark, big black hole and I just wouldn't be able to get out of it and I would die. And I was very frightened of my feelings. I thought if I went to my pain, I would get swallowed up by it and I would, I would die. So once I learned these techniques um, to know exactly what to do with any thoughts and any feelings that arose, I wanted to give this a crack and come off my antidepressants for good because I had tried it a number of times and had failed each time. So what was that like for you, uh, lead to for me to come to you and go I'm going to do this um or or perhaps how was that year or those months where where I was practicing KI and I was coming off the antidepressants yeah I remember when you said um 
you were keen to give it a, another go because you, like, as you said, you'd, you'd tried a few times and um, hadn't quite worked, and and so I was sort of preparing myself to, I guess, to be there if if it didn't work. And I and just with history and stuff, I thought perhaps medication was the best way to go, and and there's every chance this won't work. Um, so I was sort of, you know, um, readying myself for to to be there, I suppose. If if yeah, when it when it, when it didn't work, I suppose. Um, and then during it, during the early stages, I think it's gone back a little while now, but I think there were times when you you'd start to to drop a bit and that's something I've had to learn over the years is, is about you, you do cry a lot um, and that's absolutely fine with you to cry as your book alludes to and I think for me perhaps it's a male female thing or whatever but I'm not used to crying or being around people crying so it's sort of if someone's crying it's like whoa whoa we better really you know help them and look after them and, and it's a big thing you know and, and but for you it's um, it's not spilt milk but it's um, yeah yeah, it's just your release or whatever you need that time and it's not it's not a it's not like someone's died and that's why you're crying I suppose um so I've had to learn that over the time and then um yeah preparing for if it didn't work um and just to be there and 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 try and listen um and I think there were a few times where yeah you, you did sort of drop a bit and you would cry or you're and and I was thinking, okay, this is this might be, you know, at that stage where it's. But I remember you sort of saying, no, I just need to do more KI, or I need to, you know, and 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 whilst I was sceptical, it it did seem to to work. You'd actually, your little fog patches you were in, I could remember them. They were sort of, it seemed to be getting shorter and shorter, and you'd actually clear out of them yourself through KI. Um, and you're very persistent with it, which was, which, yeah, was great. And and, and I don't want to jump too far forward, but even now, you know, I'm still always going to try and be ready if need be. But it's yeah, looking less and less likely that I'll need to be, which is great. Mm-hmm. That yeah, must I can imagine absolutely. We've been together since 2006, um, and so yeah, living with oh, you know being in a partnership with someone who's experienced depression for so long I can imagine that would take some time to trust that yeah um that I'm okay um Mm. and also recognizing that it it doesn't have to be this that shop is shut um like I I may experience depression again and actually let's talk about that now so uh, just a couple of weeks ago uh, my pa passed away and so I have I've been experiencing grief and uh, I would say that the experience of grief in these last few weeks have been very similar to how it felt to be depressed. Yeah, but, well, from my perspective, sorry, I haven't cut you off there. Um, it, it, yeah, definitely. It's funny how you... But that's what grief is, isn't it? You need that time to sort of... to. Um, inflection or I'm not sure it's the right word but you know to go inside and 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 work through what you need to um and that's probably how it's been where you have sort of been insular um which yeah probably isn't that dissimilar to how you have been in the past but I I, I it was very clear to me that it was just cl- um uh grief and so I knew it would pass over time and and you'd come out 
you know, back to the girl I love. So mm-hmm. it's been really good. But mm. yeah, just time. Yeah. So similar, but yeah. And I think part of this is realizing that that during life we have our ups and downs and having emotions, this full spectrum of emotions is normal and um yes i cry a lot and and that's okay it doesn't mean like it used to mean for me that i'm falling apart there's something wrong with me um and now it's like actually no i i my body just needs to cry and as you said it needs needs a release and so let's kind of hone in on this because you are amazing when I cry. So, you know, the old, the old way is like, oh, stop crying. Um, you know, what can I do to fix that? Or um, I might I add that when someone is like, why are you crying? Like, as, and the way I always perceived it was it's bad that I'm crying, but you just seem to, you don't say anything and you just will come and rub my back and you, you will just let let me cry was which is actually exactly what i need and i don't need anyone to try and put put me into a conversation about what we need to do to fix this thing all i need in that moment is for you to cry oh sorry for me to cry (laughs) yeah um yeah that's something i really i work really hard at trying to not say anything not give advice um and then when we start, like, as you said, you generally just have a, a good old cry and, and that's fine. And then then afterwards we'll start speaking about it. Um, and then even then I'll really try. And it's really hard to not start giving what I think you should do or, or you know, advice. Because if you want advice, you'll you'll ask for advice. And, you know, so it's, I think it is really hard to not... The human, you just want to help and you want to say stuff, but it doesn't always help and and then it, I think it also distorts what you're thinking the person that's upset and it's putting that thought into them that's like well that's not what they're thinking that's not why they're sad or that so that's my little theory that you want to try and get what they think out before you try and help move it to you know in a positive way or you know to um an outcome at the end to to for it to be all better <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so I do try and not say much yeah and I haven't really shared this publicly but after coming out of depression and looking back on the last couple of years I then experienced anxiety um, and so my nervous system was in that fight flight response and I was ve- I felt very unsafe about a couple of things about the world and I remember you saying you know, when I've been in, in pretty extreme states of terror about different different things happening in the world, uh, I remember you saying that you told yourself just don't try and change her mind. Yeah. Like if, so... It was, that was very, that was really hard. There was a couple of things over a couple of years um, that were really difficult. I, that, yeah as difficult as the depression in a way because the depression is just constantly there until, until it's now not. But, um, and it's very difficult to try and, you know, you can't change someone's opinion. That's their opinion. And then, and, and then especially with that because they can say, yeah, but that's what they say. You know, you're saying what... And it ends up just going back and forth. And thankfully, you were very good at... Um, 
just coming back to yourself and the world, yourself within the world, perhaps where you, you um, where everything's actually kind of okay. It's it's okay, and um, we'll get through this sort of stuff. You know, like if if it is to do with COVID or whatever. Um, and you've, I think that's a more of a credit to you to just work your way through it over time, and, and um, it doesn't have to sound like you look back at it as if stuff was crazy, but it's more um, working forward with where you're at and where you where the world is. It's everything's probably okay. Mm-hmm. I suppose mm-hmm. I thought that was mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and I guess I want to share that um, that terror about particular parts of the world well yes we have some pretty horrible things happening in the world right now and at the same time we I'm a big believer in we need to play our part and take responsibility for our own trauma and this terror about the planet the world world events um, it stems from our trauma so when we actually come and do the work internally then we feel a lot safer our nervous system responds and we start to regulate our nervous system and we feel safe within ourselves we feel safe with others and we feel safe within the world so I did want to share uh, I wrote a mental health plan when I was deciding in 2019 to come off antidepressants and to use KI the killer bee inquiries as my kind of um, my tool my handrail to help me feel safe so it says Bronte's mental health plan and so this is what I wrote for Lee uh, to so he could support me throughout this time because there was this fear around is this going to work or am I just going to fail again and come off I'm going to have to go back on to antidepressants so on my mental health plan I wrote Bronte might cry a lot and for no real reason be tired and lethargic lack clarity and feel clouded in the head, have trouble making decisions, panic and think she's made the wrong decision to stop her medication, feel unsure of herself, have negative self-talk and think she can't get it together, she's hopeless, she's back here again and falling apart. So that was kind of me helping you to... By then I I learnt more about myself and then I was sharing that information um, hoping that that would help you in in the way that you supported me, which you did so beautifully. Um, and then on the back I wrote, if Bronte feels these symptoms, please remind her she's not falling apart and that she can breathe with and through the pain. Tell her this is te- temporary. Ask her or give her time away from the kids to focus on the sensations on the insides of her nose for 10-minute intervals. Reassure that it's safe to feel everything that's here. That's That was probably the biggest one. Listen to her and remind her that you love her and that she can do this and that you're with her. <laughs> so coming out, um, I know we've talked about this. I think you've shared now that I don't have depression, it's not like it's been a, a momentous change or, or massive shift in our lives. Is Is that true? Do you agree with that? Yeah, I don't think our lives are that... Um, well, they probably are. You know how it, when things change over time, you know, you don't see your kids growing until you look back and see how much they've grown. But it's, I think it's it's better now than it's probably ever been. Our 
well, our relationship, but also just you. I think I can see within you that you're... Um, it's like you have a broader range of emotions and feelings and, and then deeper connections through that, perhaps. Um, as opposed to, I guess, the medication. It was good that it kept everything nice and level and you could, you know, function without feeling that, you know, depression. But then you couldn't feel other things, I think, as well. As opposed to now, you yeah, you definitely seem to... It's hard because I, I, I can't feel what you're feeling, but you do seem to have, have created a breadth and depth, I suppose, of, of everything, which therefore is a stronger connection between you and I, I'd say. Mm, mm. And how is that for you to have that stronger connection with me now? Oh, it's great. <laughs> um, That's enough. Yeah, okay, yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... I absolutely do feel more in the world, more alive, absolutely more connected to the people around me and yeah, I feel deeper love and um, part of this work of practicing using the killer bee inquiries is not, not just feeling the pain and feeling safe with the pain but also feeling safe with pleasure. So um, it's a pretty beautiful space to be in when you can really immerse yourself in the, the beauty and the, and the deep pleasure that comes with being alive, hmm. especially with the people that you love. <laughs> so thank you, Lee, for joining me. No, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Um, and hopefully, like, you know, insightful to people that, that may have depression and, and not see it from the other side but um yeah no, it's, it's hopefully it's been worthwhile to find out more about Bronte's book it's okay to cry you can visit brontespicer.com slash book because now more than ever we need tools that work to support and improve our mental health it's okay to cry provides a profound insight into how living with depression can look and feel and shines a light on how taking a body-based approach can change your life. Until next time, remember, it's okay to cry.